and welcome to Anne and Steve Talk Stuff, where an artist and an economist walk into a podcast to talk about strange things that make the world go round. I am the artist in question, Anne Blake, and I am talking to the economist economist in question, Mr. Stephen Kinsella. That's a great intro. You, you must be delighted. I'm thrilled. I'm thrilled. Any chance to talk to you again is is, uh, is is worth it, and you can call me what you like. It's, it's all good. Well, it's it's fair if you're whatever time of the world you're listening to this, it happens to be coming up on Christmas 2023. Uh, if you've a visual, I am actually sporting a slightly festive jumper in honor of of the occasion. But it is a podcast, so most people will be listening. So who cares? I think you look good. So. <laughs> Ah, thank yeah, you. Um, we, did a, we did a big uh, Christmas party for the students, and they yes. they you know pizza and whatever, and um, they knew that I would not show up with a Christmas jumper, so they bought me one. And there's a great picture. It's like one of the the five euro ones from Pennies or whatever, and it's literally the standard one, right? It's like it's blue and white, and there's like there's the a thing on it and it's incredibly uncomfortable because it's, yeah. it's, it's made of the worst material like it's just awful you know? <laughs> anyway i was wearing it and i had to wear it because they bought it from me you know and i was delighted but it was it, there were some nice pictures of um because it seems like every bloke in limerick also bought this so it's really interesting because you can you it kind of standardized about six of us and you could quite literally see there was like macbook pro macbook pro macbook pro macbook pro ancient mac you know what i mean <laughs> it's just like it's just like one of these is not like the other you know and yeah, yeah well I, I have to say this one um jenny picked it up for me uh, from from another irish establishment called dunn's okay. And it's really comfy. I would probably live in this it looks forever. Comfy. It's so, it looks comfy. It's really, it's nice. It's comfy. And uh, I have to kind of stop myself. The way, you know the way if you're around the house, especially around COVID, and you're like, you had this default, I don't know, hoodie or something <laughs> that you just threw on uh, to pretend you were facing the day in clothes. Um, it, it's kind of got that vibe off it. Um, it was a anyway. brilliant set of ads. Uh, during or right after COVID, and I remember one of them, and it was I think it was like a toothpaste ad or something, and and they, they, they had a little jingle, and it was like it's time to dress like a person, you know, brushing <laughs> <laughs> her teeth, and then she kind of jumped down, and then she sprang up, and she was wearing like regular you know outdoor clothes, and like <laughs> the advertising industry was like the Mad Men were saying it's time to get everybody back into pants, folks, you know, just hold yourself yeah. back into the. You know, whatever requires a belt. So yeah, I was. Uh, it, it, it's been really interesting actually reading a bunch of the studies now that are coming out, looking mm-hmm. at the impact of COVID on loads of things mm. like BMI and all that, but also on um, things like expressions of loneliness and all this kind of stuff. Very interestingly, for a uh, particular cohort of people, uh, their mm-hmm. enjoyment of life increased during COVID because they didn't have to deal with In- people. Introverts. Yeah. Uh, it just went. It was great. It was great. You know, it was sad that you know uh, other people weren't having a good time, but I was on my own and it was awesome. And it's interesting. <laughs> uh, whatever you pick, somebody's going to do well out of it. Somebody's going to do badly out of it. Doesn't matter what. Yeah. You know? um, but and I think that's that's probably true of uh, what we're going to talk about today, which is artificial mm-hmm. intelligence. 
So some people are going to do really good out of it and some people are not. And then the, the question is like, what's the proportion between the two of them? Um, yeah. And uh, the, the thing I think that's most useful, a bit like in, in the last one that we did about, you know, explaining like disinformation and what to do about it mm -hmm. um, is, is thinking a little bit beyond the headlines. So there's kind of only two headlines. Um, and one is like the robots are coming to kill us all. Yeah. And the other is the robots are coming to take our jobs. And yeah. neither of those two, two things are really that likely. Uh, okay. The, but it's already worth talking about what artificial intelligence is first, I think. That would be good because like, you know, you are interacting with this a lot. You are working it into the your work yeah. and studies. And like, I'm probably pretty much at the other end of that spectrum. So I think it would be really good yeah. to, to delve in. And I'm probably, you know, a bit closer to conspiracy theories and fear than you are because I'm not really interacting with it. So I'm, I'd be curious to be enlightened and de- um, <laughs> what's the word de feared no de feared it's not the word but uh, it's not the word it's not but i mean maybe today maybe today yeah, is the word maybe, maybe yeah. <laughs> yeah 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 i want to have the the fear well what, what's what's the irish you know the fear is upon me isn't that it oh the yeah yeah, yeah. 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 So, uh, the sorry is on me you know it's on me so i'll be de -ogled. Yeah. how about that just, de just de take the fear off me right uh yeah yeah uh, so maybe that's it maybe it's the irish soul coming out uh, so if you think about intelligence is, is, is really a very bad word because it's not clear what it is, but we all know it when we see it. So when something is intelligent, it's solving problems, it's curious, it's learning, but most importantly, it's going in directions you can't predict. So yeah. is a dog intelligent? Yes. Dogs are curious. Dogs solve problems. Dogs learn. Do dogs go in directions that you don't expect? Yes. Yes, they do. Uh, is an earthworm intelligent? Yes, of a fashion. Uh, are ants intelligent? Again, yes, of a fashion. Are humans intelligent? It depends. Uh, do they like the sugar babes or not? Uh, because if they don't like the sugar babes, they're not intelligent. Sugar babes are one of the best ones there. They're absolutely class. I was uh, just, I I was just about to have a... They're a very bad reaction. So yeah, yes, just, yeah, okay. Just the idea that people don't like the sugar. If you're listening to this, don't you don't like the sugar babes? Stop listening. This podcast is not for you. <laughs> They're class, and I like all of them. I like every. I like every iteration of them. I even like the highly corporatized plastic version of them. But anyway. <laughs> they're kind of uh, we might come back to this some other time, but they're like an existential question. They as are well. like they are the sugar. I mean, thesis. they've all been replaced British at this Russia. point. That's it. That's it. And then, they, yeah. and then in a move of absolute Kantian joy, they came back as the originals, although <laughs> covered in plastic and bits of Botox. But still, the songs are still bangers. So where was I? Um, intelligence. So mm -hmm. it, 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 you have this thing, and then we talk about artificial intelligence. So it's like, okay, so there are people who kind of do these things. They learn, they're curious, they find new things, they, they can adapt their behavior, they what are called complex adaptive uh, behaviors, meaning if you, I don't, knowing, knowing where you start from, I can't predict where you're going to end up. Right? Um, and then we talk about artificial. What does that mean? That means with computers, right? Computers. Mm. And uh, I think that's where the conversation gets really um, muddled. 
So philosophers have been talking about intelligence for a long time. They're essentially all of humanity has wondered what makes us human. And one of the big reasons is we are intelligent and, and we are intelligent in a way that those other animals we are pretty sure aren't. Um, and when you talk about artificial intelligence, you're, you're trying to export the bits of us that are unique into a substrate like, like a, a digital computer, right? Mm. And that's complicated and messy and strange, but it's kind of been on the cards for about 50 years, right? Yeah. Um, maybe a little longer, maybe 70 years. The idea that you could, in some sense, produce a general computing system that would be able to answer any question that a human asked it, that would be able to learn its own information, that would be able to come up with new knowledge and would be curious about that knowledge and be able to share it. That that, that kind of um, the kind of schema has existed for a very long time. It's, it's one of the it's one of the best things about the book um, "Where Is My Flying Car." So it's a it, that's a brilliant book. It's about it's a history of theories of the future. So what did people in the nineteen twenties believe was going to happen mm-hmm. in the year two thousand? And like flying cars and eating uh, eating pills and drinking you know protein shakes and all this kind of stuff. A lot of which we actually do, by the way. You know, it's not, mm-hmm. it's not all fanciful. Um, but anyway, the, when we talk about artificial intelligence, we're talking about that, this thing of like using ever more sophisticated algorithms with ever more data to produce outcomes that are almost human or even surpassing human. This mm. is where you see the difference between artificial intelligence and something called artificial general intelligence. Okay. So you can be artificially intelligent in, let's say, booking flights. Right, it, you can write a, a, a program that will figure out the best thing to do to get you from A to B, um, and it's pretty smart. Yeah. Like you know, the, then these systems are pretty smart. Um, but artificial general intelligence is 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 a, is a higher level. Again, it's something that's as smart as the entire human race. So it's able to go. Mm. You don't need to go. You don't need to fly. We've invented a teleporter for you. Right. That's that's the promise of it. Now the risk there to go back to the very start is the risk is that. Um, somebody will turn around and go, well, we've decided that rather than producing a teleporter for you, we've produced a death ray. And uh, we've decided that the best thing we can do for you is murder you all. And it's very unlikely that'll happen. Um, and another version of that kind of disaster theory is that we'll end up uh, essentially as their pets. So an artificial intelligence that is smart enough to view us, say, the way we view dogs or the way we view mm-hmm. ants wouldn't really be arsed with us. Right? It would just kind of go, all right, they're off there doing their thing, I guess podcasting or whatever yeah way with them <laughs> um do you know that's nice take Stephen out for a walk do you know that like it, it, that 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 that's another version of this kind of dystopia um and because it, it, ever since last november so the, again this is like this is not new nothing about this is new this has been discussed for at least i want to say 70 years since alan turing um one of the great heroes of humanity by the way Alan, Alan Turing, somebody who mm. was wrong in his time and still is under, is, whose contribution has been lauded by everybody. And it's only when you read his work, you realize that we only scratched the surface of this dude. He was one of humanity's, like in the, whatever, 200,000 years that we've been walking around the place. He's one of the top ones, you know. Wow. There was a film made of him, wasn't it? The, um, Enigma. 
Enigma. There's a brilliant yeah. book yeah. Uh, by the same name uh, called The Enigma by a guy called Alan Hodges. And it's, again, it's one of the great biographies. If anybody's, if you're still looking for Christmas presents, uh, get that book. It is last. And you read about um, Turing. Turing is a mathematician. Turing is a man. Turing is a gay man. Turing as a mentor. Turing as a leader in the war. He was, mm. he, you know, it, it's not on, it's not, it's not hyperbole to say without this dude, the Nazis likely would have won, right? And his oh, yeah. and his reward was to be chemically castrated and to be forgotten and to be uh, and to have the circumstances of his death covered up for years. He killed himself. Um, and only now are we even starting to really, there's a Turing Institute at Oxford and there's some talk about putting him on banknotes. In fact, I think he might be on banknotes now. Um, but even then that's like, you know, 50 years too late, my dudes, but also not really even getting close to what this dude talked about. Anyway, we're gonna, yeah. the, 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 the main thing to think about with, with all this is in November of last year, November the 30th, a tool was launched. It was called ChatGPT. And this thing, uh, well, this thing is essentially is a predictive system. So um, uh, it takes a huge corpus of text. And what it does is it predicts the next thing that you're going to say. Um, so uh, you, you might say uh, uh, the loud cat blank. And it will say the loud cat meows. Because in most cases, the, the, the thing that comes after the word is meows. Right. So yeah. all it's doing is it's taking a huge corpus of text, billions and billions and billions of bits of text, and it's using that to infer the next sentence or the next word. And it's very clever, but it's 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 very it's clever technology, but it's extremely dumb. And it produces things that look plausible but have no basis in fact. So if you ask it to write an essay for you, it will write a very plausible essay for you on, you know, the history of the Irish economy up to, up to uh, 2023, right? And that'll be great. And it'll have loads of citations, but the citations will all be wrong. They won't link yeah. to the real world. Um, there will be no, uh, there will be no um, reality to what it's saying. The facts it support it purports to say are not actually facts. So a lot of the time it's fake. Um, and it has gotten huge hype, like absolutely huge hype because mm. a huge amount of the time, what we need things to, what we need text for is basically filler. Right. Mm. So there's a, there's a, uh, a, a, I don't know if I should say this. No, I'm going to say it. There's a, there's a thing on, on uh, blue sky. I'm sure it's on all the other platforms who call fess hole. It's basically a bunch of people confessing things. And uh, mm -hmm. it's really funny, sometimes uh, very dirty, but uh, uh, really, really, really funny most of the time. And one of the things that was just confessed was I use ChatGPT to write my annual evaluations of all my staff. And I'm pretty sure they all use ChatGPT to, to produce their uh, evaluation submissions. So yeah. it's like, okay, so we had to do this kind of like vaguely meaningless job and we got the AI to do it. And I know you did it and you know I'm doing it at scratch. So write yeah. forms or write, write reference letters, this kind of stuff. Um, uh, where people, when, when, when people start using this tool to replace their writing function, um, 
The problem with it is that every time you put something into chat GPT, they own it. Right. So there have been people fired for like putting in, you know, secret, secret thing into OpenAI and then it comes out, it, it comes, it comes back and they're like, oh my God, you just gave away our intellectual property to this private company, which has been, you know, which is yeah. essentially part of Microsoft now. And so you could take an Anne Blake song, right? Mm -hmm. uh, that, that Anne Blake sat down and wrote, um, that is the copyright of Anne Blake which is still, which is now today, part of OpenAI, right? Uh, mm. like they've taken your work. I mean, in fact, I'm sure they have. Yeah. If you've got smart songs on Spotify, they've absorbed it. So you're yeah. sitting there inside a giant corpus. Now, it's not like specifically yours inside that corpus, right? But if they, but if, if we go on to ChatGPT now and we're like, write an article in the style of Stephen Kinsella, Irish economist, it will do that. And it sounds a bit like yeah. it because it has all my stuff from the Irish Independent and the Guardian and the New York Times, and the currency and the business post. They have all that data, you know, and yeah. I've written, you know, I would write probably a hundred thousand words a year for the newspaper. Um, so they have 15, they have 150,000 words written by me, which is, yeah. you can approximate me if you have a, and I've done it by the way. So what I did was I downloaded a, a basic LLM, a large language model, and I trained yeah. it on my own uh, articles and I got it to yeah. sound a bit like me not very good yeah, but yeah. it's pretty good because it's, it, it's it's taking it's inferring that now there's a couple of interesting angles there the first is that you know could it eliminate me as a writer yeah I get paid to write the university pays me to write currency pays me to write I get paid to write could it eliminate me as a writer no it couldn't and there's a very good reason for that it's not intelligent Remember the mm -hmm. remember the definition of intelligence. It, it it understands enough about itself to do new things. This doesn't understand anything about itself, right? It's just a it's just a prediction engine. I ju just to counter you for one sure. second, um, you know, because I know a big issue around AI has been art, visual arts, and people generating images, and it you know these AI platforms draw from. The internet and so if your work is on the internet it's not that your exact work will be there but there might be an element of it in something and i know artists uh who graphic particularly graphic designers who are like very angry because their work is being approximated and they and if you are part of a lazy company that's trying to cut corners you can generate free content that is ultimately mm -hmm. And, and and to me, it's not about the machine. It's not about the platform. It's about the relationship with it. So if someone's like, I want a Stephen Kinsel like article, I don't want to pay him. I don't want, I, and the people who are reading it aren't going to care that much either. It'll be an approximation. That's where the relationship for me gets a little bit dangerous. Not da or dangerous, maybe isn't the word. It's just kind of killing a certain part of the vitality of the person creating the work and the people interacting with it, you know, um, it's a big worry. Would that be it's bad? a big worry, right? Yeah. Um, uh, one, one aspect of this is say logo design. Go online yeah. now, you'll, you'll see a load of people going, Hey, listen, you, here's 10 tools that will replace your graphic designer, your copywriter, your copy editor, your uh, lawyer, you know, and, and, and what they mean though, 
and this is kind of interesting, is what they mean is you're, mm. they're not, they, it's not going to replace your lawyer or your copywriter. It's replacing certain tasks. Okay? Mm. And that, so the task, for example, might be logo generation. Yeah. Um, but the thing about most people who don't design logos, and I'd be one of them, is we don't know what a good logo is. Yeah. And we're assuming that this system knows what a good logo is, and it does not. It simply has a, a, ba a, a barrage of all previous logos that it's seen. Yeah. If you trained it on hideous logos and you never gave it a good logo, the only logo it would send you back is an approximation of all the other shit logos. Do you get me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you trained it on the fact that the if every piece of information that it was absorbed said the sky is red and we live on Mars, that is exactly what it would come back with. It doesn't actually understand anything that's happening. Um, yeah. And to your point about uh, intellectual property, this is really, really important. YouTube in its early days essentially got away with vast amounts of copyright infringement. People sued it constantly mm. and just kept going until it became the de facto standard. And it found a way to pay creators, but only after it had asserted market dominance. So it stole yeah. uh, widely and vastly until it didn't, right? Um, and now it yeah. does pay creators. And actually it's one of the biggest creator uh, economy sources. Um, Spotify is quite the opposite. Spotify actually has to pay you for your intellectual property. What Spotify has done is keep the, um, keep the rates really, really low. Right, so just, just pay yeah, it it's, out. Yeah, it's right. It's it's but, oh, I know, but you're not paying the mortgage based on the uh, your Spotify. But you're not paying. Yeah, no. I mean, we hit managed over many years to hit a million plays on a song. I mean, we probably over all those years got about maybe five hundred quid. You and know, five hundred quid for a million plays. Um, now I could be very wrong. I'm very much approximate approximating it, but it's. 0.00 something of a cent per play yeah. when you compare it to even local radio play yeah. it's about 25 pence a minute oh you know or 30, 30 pence a minute Ooh. you know a cent a minute wow. then you go national uh it's about three euro a minute and then you go wow you go to big show big stations like bbc and you're into the you know, 50, 60 pounds a minute, which is why hits are hits, which is why when people get a Christmas hit, they are made for life because yeah. radio play pays, you know, and it's also why you're like, well, everyone can get on Spotify and you can get your music on it easily. It's not easy to get on the radio. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like there's a lot of steps. So that is on a certain level fair, but on another level, um, there is an awful lot of, kind of basic exploitation yeah. happening. And I'm not talking about people who are just like putting something up for the crack. I'm talking about people who are jobbing musicians mm -hmm. who spend, well, there's a great gif, um, a meme. It's, it's like a musician is someone who spends, um, 500 quid on some gear to drive 50 miles to get paid. Uh, to drive 100 miles to get paid 50 quid for a gig. Do you know what I mean? Like this kind of diminishing returns. And I think, I think the big problem is um, the people who are making music off the music industry is everyone but the musicians. So it's the people recording and it's the people hosting the platforms, but the people actually creating the content aren't really making the money. And I mean, I think this is a huge, it's not to AI specifically, but I suppose it's kind of adjacent when you're talking about platforms. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, and especially if you like, I don't think I don't think 
There's already been AI hits. There have been AI-generated hits. There's AI-generated news. If you're, if you, anybody's mm-hmm. interested, look at Channel One AI. This is not a gimmick. Like this is real news that was generated by AIs. Um, there have been experiments where entire courses are put together by um, by AIs and actually given by AIs, right? Um, which is kind of shocking when you think about it. There. Are, uh, and I've actually done this. I, I actually went to the ChatGPT and I said, "Produce a first-year microeconomics course down to the down to the lecture slides. Go." And I did it, and it was pretty good. Like it wasn't it wasn't what I would have done, but it was pretty good. Like it's pretty standard. Then I asked it to do an intermediate one, and it was rubbish. Then an advanced one, and it was just like it was so far from a serious thing that like it was almost hilarious, um, which. Now you, you can go, oh yeah, well that's just gonna get better over time. And you're like, it kinda won't, because it's not it's not to do that, you to do the advanced advanced econometrics module or something like that, you have to really know what you're doing. Like, and y- y- this thing just doesn't because it's because it, again, it doesn't have the judgment to know this is good, that's bad. Yeah. Um, because again, it's not intelligent. So what what it's going to do is it's going to remove not jobs but tasks. And mm. Uh, I'll give you a really simple one. Coming up with ideas for middle-aged men for Christmas presents. We are apparently the hardest group to buy for because most middle-aged men hate stuff, have lots of stuff, and buying them more stuff reduces their happiness, not increases it. And so this is why socks are actually an amazing present for middle-aged men. Because we go through socks <laughs> quite a lot. We all know we need more socks. We don't give a shit about socks or indeed any presents. So it's generally pretty good, right? Socks, chocolates, all that kind of shit. It's very good for most middle-aged men, um, including me. Um, and uh, because I just don't need another pair of pants or like whatever, like, you know, just no. I want less stuff in my life, not more. Um, so anyway, uh, I, if I and people like me are hard to buy for, people 20 years older than me are nearly impossible to buy for, right? Enter ChatGPT. Hi, ChatGPT. Generate 50 ideas for presents for somebody who hates stuff but is quite into the following things, blah, 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 blah. And you get 48 shit ideas and two that you hadn't wouldn't have thought of. Mm. Hi, hi uh, uh, ChatGPT. Generate a uh, an absurdist poem about grade inflation in universities. That is a really good use of an AI. Um, so, it, what it very often does is it's very useful for generating new new information that you're not aware of, right? Because you only know a little bit of the world. Um, it's very good for for kind of doing kind of silly stuff in styles. But if you start using it for real serious work. You're in trouble pretty much immediately, mm. right? And that's, that's yeah. So, but but AI is going to remove a lot of tasks, and that's a good thing, not a bad thing. Yeah. So just just to, in that vein before, because I want to get onto the tasks, yeah. but I did, for the sake of this podcast, I did download or log in or create an account for ChatGBT, yeah. and I did ask to, them to write an article about Christmas in the style of Stephen Kinsel. Now, it's a big, long article, but I just want to go with the first paragraph, okay? <laughs> and you can tell me, does this sound like Okay, go, go, go. <laughs> Okay. 
In the frosty embrace of December, a season of both merriment and economic economic oh my god i can't read anymore okay i'll try that again in the frosty embrace of december a season of both merriment and economic intricacies descends upon us christmas as we unwrap the layers of tinsel and indulge in the ritualistic consumption of festive delicacies it becomes imperative to dissect the economic underpinnings of this winter celebration and this is a this is a sentence i feel Maybe mm. in the inimitable style of Stephen Kinsella, let us embark on a journey into the Yuletide economy. Yeah, you see, see, it's 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 grand, but it's not. Yeah, it's also as an opening, I would never oh. write like that. Never. Do you ever refer to Kinsellian economic analysis? <laughs> oh. <laughs> So that is actually. It's just, I just feel like I just I could do a, your name. You, you are an adjective. I am an adjective. I, I, I don't know if you know other people who are adjectives. Um, it's not great when you are because I do. This sounds this is the most, this is the most arrogant thing, but but it sounds arrogant, but it, it's true. But it, like there are people who do Kinsellian analysis. Are you a PhD subject yet? Not yet. Is, but are you in under? But you are an underground. So it's 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 an odd feeling to be honest. But yeah. Anyway, we don't need to talk about this because I get embarrassed and run under the table. Yeah. I I had to say now. I think I could just do a podcast with the AI now. I mean, I just oh my god, you're making me on a. <laughs> <laughs> so this is the last just- podcast. I'm sorry to say, <laughs> the tasks that we're taking away are you. <laughs> so back to tasks back to tasks <laughs> i just wanted to throw a bit of ugla at you thank you that you are no longer relevant i think that i, th- I think the thing and i have done that myself um i wonder could we do the same with you probably can't i don't think i don't think i'm out there as much i don't think i, I exist enough in the internet i think you're, you i mean yeah we could we oh, oh, i could train it on your songs but I don't write the songs. You see, my brother David does. So yeah, but I mean, you plural then. I could get it to generate a hundred songs for you, including chord progression, okay. the whole bit. So the, you're talking about tasks, yeah. right? Now you're talking. That's not a task. Ah, what if what if I got it? What if I uh, took an took? Oh, what if I took a previous song, mm-hmm. made, and got an AI to make a dance version? But I mean, here's the thing, like we do that kind of thing all the time. Artists do that thing all the time. You do versions, you do fun kind of improv versions of things. And you see, this to me is just takes all the crack out of it. And there's neurons that fire off in your brain when you rethink something, when you reshape something yourself with your own brain. Mm -hmm. When you get a machine to do it, it cracks a smile and then you move on to something else and you're less impressed by A human doing it and that is my mm. i i think certain tasks are important to do yes so that your brain works yes. <laughs> i think going to the shop to buy stuff uh click and collect is grand in a hurry but going to the shop to buy stuff is a good thing to do for your brain um and my fridge telling me i don't have milk is not good i should know i've run out like it's good to know you're running out of milk no, no. like no. I'm not a cor- I'm not a big corporate company where I have tons of things to do and I need my fridge to keep an eye on things. It's like, 
there's things as humans we shouldn't be outsourcing. Yep, I agree. Shouldn't is the wrong word. That I think, okay, and this is the ogla, right? I think often technology brings us to a new level of consciousness and 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 development and allows us. And then there's stuff that does de-skill us. And that's my concern. I, I, I share the concern. And I okay the other concern that I share, um, which is a lot of the time, you know, we always talk about like do the means, justify the ends, right? Is mm-hmm. the process ultimately irrelevant? Is the outcome yeah. the thing? And the older that I've gotten, I realized that the process is the point of it all. Because you have to do mm-hmm. something. Right, yeah. just getting to the outcome of yeah, we wrote that we wrote two thousand words, whatever. Right, um, the fact that you can write two thousand words vastly faster and cheaper than I can is not the point. The point is I've gone through the process of figuring out the two thousand words. The artist has gone through the process of actually coming up with the song, and the process is what makes you a better artist. It's not the end product. The end product is actually neither here nor there. Yeah, uh, I I I I read uh, Rick Rubin's book, The Creative Act, over the summer. Really, yeah. really interesting. I mean, there's a guy who like, there's a guy who, who who has who has total mastery over a process and doesn't give a shit about the outcome. He's like, basically, what he's done is taken the scientific method, right? He and just applied it really rigorously to an artistic process. He just documents absolutely everything so that when the when the process is ongoing, they can go back two steps and go, oh my God, you remember that 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 fill that we did? Well let's bring that back in. He actually knows that. Yep. So well so he's he's working with a much broader range of potential artistic outcomes, right? And he doesn't describe yeah. it like that, but it's really clear that's what he's doing, right? Um and what he's really keen to, to document is like the best thing the artist can do is really surrender to the process. An yeah. album will be a hit or it won't, you know, that's not up to you really. Like what's up to you is to go through the process as faithfully as you can and come to something that you're like, I'm pretty happy with this or, or I hate it or whatever. But, mm. but like you have, you have committed yourself to the process. And the thing that this does and all AI kind of does is it subverts the process. So like, and the way to think about this is when we were kids, we learned how to add, okay? Two plus two equals four. And then when we were young adults, we were given calculators. The calculator is helpful in that it does a repetitive task for us, but what it does is it takes away our ability to do rapid maths in our heads. Mm. That is associated with, uh, as a good research to show, that you're way less price sensitive later on. Somebody goes, oh, uh, it's just another 15%. And you go, oh, okay, because you don't know how to make 15% on top of blah, blah, blah. They're adding on different things yeah. here and there. Are, are, are people talk, call, call for financial literacy, right? And what that means is you understand what a mortgage is and shit like that. But actually... What we should have is just basic numeracy. So there's a certain yeah. basic skill that you don't want to lose, you know? And I think we have lost already. Like, it's gone in many respects. Mm. So the question for me is, like, and, and particularly in higher education, where we're starting to see students producing work using ChatGPT, uh, 
Um, which, by the way, if you're a student, it's really, really fucking obvious. It's really obvious. It may become less obvious over time, but it's really obvious now. Um, uh, if so, you've got, and you may have lectures producing content using ChatGPT. So then you're back to yeah. the thing of like, what are we here to do? Is the process that I stand up and pretend to teach and you pretend to learn and then you pretend to submit an assessment and I pretend to assess it because, of course, now I'm having an AI assess it. Right. Yeah. I'm having an AI assess yeah. the work that you had an AI generate. Is any, so, so we, we have denuded, deluded, and occluded the process. And the process is the point of it all. The process of studying is that you become an expert in something. You don't yeah. have any ability to see that. You're in really deep shit. Um, the best example I have of this um, is a, a school teacher who was, uh, she got her kids, they were all 10, to read under the Hawthorne tree. And then she got them to log on to ChatGPT and ask the AI for a summary of under the Hawthorne tree. So the kids were experts in under the Hawthorne tree. The AI yeah. came up with a summary that was bullshit. The kids were like, oh, the computer is wrong, right? And they updated yeah. the computer. I know the summary is correct. But she injected skepticism into the children's minds by first making them experts. If you don't know something, is if, if you sorry, have you ever come across the concept of Gelman amnesia? Go on, no, think so. Gelman amnesia, fame, the famous physicist Murray Gelman. He was reading the paper one day. He won the Nobel Prize in physics. Uh, he was reading the paper one day and came across a, a concept in physics that he like he, he knew the explanation was 100% wrong. And he was furious. And he like wrote to the editor going, I'm Murray Gellman and this thing is completely wrong. Blah, blah, blah. And then he turned the page to the sports section or to the international relations section. And he's like, I, where he's, he's not famous international theorist. He doesn't know anything about this. And he's just reading it. And then he realized, oh, my God. I've forgotten the fact that the paper was full of inaccuracies two pages ago. And I'm just reading this as if it's a fact. And so Gelman amnesia is a big problem because we don't know what we don't know, right? Mm. And when you think about Gelman amnesia as, as it relates to, say, artificial intelligence or ChatGPT, if you don't know, if you never read Under the Hawthorne Tree, or if you don't know what econometrics are, if you don't understand what a chord progression is, and then somebody goes, somebody, you type it in, and it gives you something. You have no way of checking if this shit is true. And to be clear, large language models and transformers, what, what are called uh, uh, GPTs, these things, they're not there to give you the truth. They're to give you the thing that is most expected. It may not be the right mm -hmm. thing. That's a major yeah. problem. Um, but like... A, I think the AI discussion has been totally focused on transformer models and chat GPT and this kind of thing for a good reason. Yeah. The reality is that's just one tool and it'll evolve. Um, we talk about, uh, we talk about, I don't know, browsers, right? So I'm, I'm using a Chrome browser. The first browser, the first internet browser was called Mosaic. We don't use Mosaic anymore, right? Mosaic doesn't exist. This is 40 yeah. years ago. Same thing. 40 years time, nobody's going to be using OpenAI, ChatGPT. We won't even remember the name of it. Like, you know, only nerds will care that the first ever Transformer was called ChatGPT. It won't exist. Like, you know. My, MySpace and Bebo. Bebo, man. 
Exactly. Um, <laughs> actually, do you know the story of MySpace? So the the, the, the guy he sold MySpace um, for 150 million, and then he bought it back. For, Tom? Yeah, he bought it back for a million quid. Uh, yeah, because he liked right. the name and he wants to play with it. I just I like that story. <laughs> well, we all know Tom. Tom was our first friend on MySpace. <laughs> You were automatically friends with him. It was so funny. Yeah. And this weird, like, side picture taken, like, by his friend at a laptop. Like, it's really not a duck face selfie at all. No, like, it's, no. it's not a, it's not a hot profiler. Um, yeah, no, I, I think it's a, like it's very nuanced. You know, the conversation and, uh, you know, I, I, to be technology hesitant is not new. It's not interesting a lot of the time. Um. And I think that the the points that I'm concerned about are exactly what you talk about. Just um, taking taking process and journeys that need to happen um, out of things. And what's the response is, meh, okay. Like there's a generated image or there's a generated, and you go, meh. But if you, um, I think it's quite interesting that with, with, with actually the advent of podcasting and, and really the, like documentaries have always been a thing, but a huge amount of document investigative documentaries over like 10 episode series looking at, I don't know, maybe a true crime or maybe looking at an, like there's a lot of actually about musicians at the moment. There's a lot of, or, or like there's Beckham, there's Robbie Williams, there's these things that look into people's lives. Like as humans, we're fascinated with process. We're fascinated with detail and people can be hugely, hugely, hugely absolutely enthralled by a documentary on a street being cleaned up or whatever, or something very simple, or even they, they listen to you and me talk. You know what I mean? Talking about de- detail is interesting. And when you just skip that, yep. uh, when you just go from A to Z, the reaction is, eh, okay. Whereas when you watch something be built, constructed in that, the investment in it is much, much, much bigger. Yeah. Um, and so I'm talking about that's, that's kind of a spectator thing. Mm. But even as humans, um, process is so important. Even I'm writing something for a number of years now. And what's interesting is um, there is stuff written that will never be in that show. But it was an important stepping stone to get to the thing that will be in it. And also, there might be a three or four page scene that maybe one sentence out of that will come back at a later point or will inform Um will inform and but but that process needs to happen i couldn't go from a to to z no. you know i had to no had to write the stuff that i don't need and i write the shit and not censor myself and go oh that shit it is shit but i needed to write this i'm sure you'd say with dra- drafts basically yeah. oh, you look, know. Look, the, the 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 best thing about writing is that you, nobody gets to see your shitty first draft right yeah you know i, I like Oh, people have no idea. There's stuff and there's stuff on these hard drives that, like, if you saw it, you'd be like, "This fella needs to be sacked tomorrow." This is some nonsense. Yeah. And there's yeah. stuff that's really good, you know. And 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 you learn over time by doing it over and over again that this, as I'm uh, very often as I'm writing, I know it's bad. I actually yeah. know it, but I know I need to get through it to get to the good stuff. And it's exactly the same, you know. Or or I'll, I'll work. I can remember just last week I wrote a really big piece for the currency and I spent probably three hours on two paragraphs, just getting 
the explanation of what was happening correct at the right level of detail that somebody who's busy and reading it on their phone and like had a, had a coffee like my you know my image is always that people are moving when they're reading this so they're you know so they're like they're almost in the way that they look at this they're almost parkinsonian because they're like they're 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 their arms are bouncing. So I can't use these big, long words, right? Like inimitable, right? Like I can't use that. I have to keep it simple, but keeping it simple while also keeping it correct is very hard. And there's a skill in that. And if you haven't gone through the process, you won't figure out the skill. And so the I, I really genuinely believe that there's going to be a huge change where the, the production of average crappy stuff will will increase where the the production of really total crap will decrease because it'll just it'll it'll come up you know really bad writing will simply go away because really bad writers will realize oh my god i can just get a better outcome excellent mm -hmm. writers there's going to be such a huge premium on really really good writing because you're going to notice it it's going to come out people are going wow you know handwritten but it's going to be niche handwritten hand drawn hand pressed Right, it's going to be niche. You can't. You're not going to be able to make a billion dollars out of it. Well, one or two people will, but everyone else maybe not. And then the other big change that's going to happen is, in about twenty years, there's going to be a revolt against this, against the massification of content, and we're going to move away entirely from it to face-to-face -face experiences. Uh, and it, the prediction, the solid prediction that I have is that the wages of plumbers and roofers and midwives and nurses and potters will rise and the wages of content producers will fall and we will see, we will see that change happen pretty rapidly actually because anyone who works with their hands very difficult to displace with ai you know yeah well on that note um uh, we must wrap up uh because it is christmas and no doubt you have loads of presents to go wrapping hey chat gpt couldn't uh couldn't come up with that line or wrap your presents uh stephen uh thank you so much uh for i for a lovely year thank you to our 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 solid three listeners we do appreciate you we promise to give you more podcasts in 2024 but in the meantime happy christmas and a happy happy holiday happy midwinter and a happy new year wherever you are uh and just thanks a million for 2023 it's been great chatting to you and uh, thank you to all three of our listeners and uh, <laughs> i uh thank, thanks as well to everybody the delivery post who helped make this happen Oh, shameless plug. If you are hearing this before the 23rd of December, which is Saturday, uh, the Brad Light Orchestra will be playing Upstairs Dolan's. Love that. Um, love it. Love, okay. Love it. Love it. <laughs> on, on that note, see ya. Bye. You have been listening to Anne and Steve Talk Stuff, a Limerick Post podcast produced by Eric Fitzgerald. Theme tune is performed and composed by David Blake. Please rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast and tell your friends. You can now follow the show on Twitter at Anne Steve Talk. Get Stephen at Stephen Kinsella. He's a Stephen with a PH. Anne at Anne Blake 78. That's an Anne without an E. And the Limerick Post at Limerick Post.